0: Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content that you consume. My name is Nathan, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the wonderful, big, fuzzy bear himself, Mr. Donnie Dorsey, (laughs) R. Paddington. How are you doing, Donnie?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm I'm feeling very uh, joyful. Did you Jovial, have if you will
0: did you have a marmalade sandwich this morning
1: i didn't but uh i was very disappointed that no one else in my house made a marmalade sandwich for me to consume i
0: i, I understand that then of course we have uh the grumpiest neighbor uh, always chasing down paddington wanting him out uh just cannot stand donnie at all mr sawyer hewlett how are you doing you grumpy Peter Capaldi yourself. I'm uh,
2: I'm tired, but I'm excited to talk about this movie.
0: That's that's good. Did 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 you did you relate to any of the characters in the film? I know I, I thrust somebody onto you in that, but
2: uh. Uh, yeah, de- definitely Capaldi. I I will be honest. There's there's no pretending about that. I I, I like
0: that character. Just always upset about the bear. What, yeah, what? exactly.
2: I was, we're, we'll talk more about Capaldi later, but uh,
0: okay, yeah. good deal. And we are joined this time by a very special guest host, a uh, a mother to three, a a fantastic friend of mine, and of course, the most important thing, a disciple of Jesus, uh, uh, her new nickname apparently given after this film, (laughs) Mama Mama Marmalade.
3: Mama Mama Uh, (laughs) Marmalade.
0: There she is, Heidi Cooper. (laughs) Heidi, how are you doing?
3: I'm great. I really enjoyed this movie, so I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're glad to have you on here. Uh, Before we get to talking about Paddington 2, Donnie, let us know what is it that we do on this podcast?
1: On the podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you to raise your children to love Jesus and His way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine regular times of connection, shared experiences that'll help you build stronger relationships.
0: And so what we believe is that movie nights are a great opportunity to do that because movies are not only an easy way to share laughter and joy together and even sometimes more difficult emotions like sadness and fear in a safe environment with your kids, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in a way that is Maybe more meaningful, more accessible, more memorable than at other times with our children. And on this podcast, we not only want to recommend some movies, and today we have a great movie to recommend, uh, but we also want to give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or after the movie. And I'll say this, uh, the podcast may be over after this week because those of you who've known me for a long time know, really, this was all just a hidden way, a Trojan horse for me to get to talk uh, about Paddington 2. So we are talking about Paddington 2 today. But before we get to that, Sawyer, tell them what else they need to know.
2: Yeah, uh, we just want to remind you uh, to like this video and uh, you can subscribe to our channel on YouTube or uh, follow us on Facebook Um, And if you're a parent who calls Community Christian your home, uh, we have a lot more helpful content to you available on our parent Facebook group. All you you have to do is uh, go to our Facebook page and click on the tab that says Groups and find the Community Kids Parent Group. If you click the Join Group button, you'll get regular updates about events for your family around our church, as well as articles, videos, and content that will help you encourage and inspire you as a parent, as you raise your children to love Jesus. We would love to see you over there as well.
0: And as always, uh, the point of this podcast is not to add just another thing that you as a parent have to feel guilty about not doing. Uh, Most of parenting is just feeling bad that you're not doing what you feel like you should do. That is not our goal. Uh, We really do want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy Being together so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So, really, we always start our conversation just by talking about what is great about this movie, what's fun and enjoyable before we even jump into the conversations that matter. Because here's the truth if you could have one movie night a month where you just sat without your phone, without any other distractions, and just laughed with your kids or built memories with your kids, man, that's a win right there. So, Let's jump into just talking about Paddington 2 right now. Uh, Sawyer, go ahead and start us off with what is absolutely fantastic about this movie.
2: Okay, so I, I'll be honest. I have a lot of thoughts about this movie, and we, are, we don't have enough time to go into all of them. But uh, we, we talked about it in the intro, and I don't think I'll get to talk about it again for the rest of this time because I have another couple of things that I really want to mention about this movie. But the villain. Okay, here's the thing the villain is great because it's easy to watch this movie and totally write him off as like a caricature of just generic movie villain. Who's like funny and stuff like that. But no, don't do that because the thing is like, it's like here, here's what I found myself like experiencing watching the movie. Capaldi is like me is the thing I personally, not like in that I like aspire to stop good people from doing good things. But like Yes, you do. I know I do. I really am. I'm I'm a cynic. But uh but here's the thing. No, here's what I realized. Like I need a Paddington in my life, is the thing because I'm not Paddington. I'm not capable of being Paddington. So that was my favorite like lens to view the movie through. And like just all the fun that the movie is. It's a it's honestly it's a fun adventure film, is the thing that Paddington goes on. That's like also an emotional adventure.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. uh,
2: But yeah, I I I, I can't say enough good things about this movie.
0: So, uh, let's talk about Paddington Two. the story of it is if you haven't seen the first Paddington, which I think is equally as good. Uh, but Paddington 2 I'll say this is a little more, uh, accessible to watch right now. It, uh, you may have to rent it, but if you have TBS or TNT, I think it's still playing on there. If you have the on demand app, um, for that, but, um, Paddington is the story, the first Paddington is the story of a bear who's from Peru um, he uh, his, he's uh, raised by his Aunt Lucy and his uncle mm, I can't remember, uh, I'll think of it in a second, but I've also read these books with my kids and, and we just love them um, but anyway, he ends up uh, his uncle dies, he ends up his aunt Lucy has to go to a home for retired bears and sends Paddington to England. Cause she always wanted to go to London. And she'd heard that during the war, I guess, world war two, um, that if you left, uh, if a child was left at a train station, families would just take them in because they assumed obviously during the war that the parents had died. And so they were just, they knew. And the, the phrase in the first Paddington is they know how to treat a stranger. They know how to treat a stranger. So Paddington uh, ends up going to Paddington Station in London, gets adopted by this family, the Browns, and uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff with that. But Paddington, 2 starts, and this is the description from IMDb, Paddington, now happily settled with the Brown family and a popular member of the local community, picks up a series of odd jobs to buy the perfect present for his Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday, only for the gift to be stolen and then just for the sake of our conversation today, Paddington then gets framed for stealing the uh, the gift, the book, and ends up going to prison for it. And uh, that's really kind of where the adventure leads. We won't get too much into spoilers, but uh, as always, we're going to kind of talk about some of the emotional themes later. But Donnie, why don't you talk about what you loved about Paddington 2?
1: I mean it's just like one of those movies that like, it takes you on a ride. Like it definitely like it takes you on an emotional, like you connect emotionally to it. Like you, like everybody you see like this cuddly bear, you know, like which, which I am, if y'all didn't know, I'm, I'm the cuddly bear. Um, Like, you know, it's that idea of, wow. Like you just love these lighthearted people. These like these, these people that just bring joy to others. And I love that. Like, it's just the little things it's not these big grandiose things it's a matter of just little things that like helping people along the way and i love how that how it tells that story like yeah. throughout and and i of course i love the little hijinks of like uh <laughs> there is a moment where uh he uses uh marmalade to try to fix a hair uh issue that he caused uh in a very cool little uh like see like series it was it was pretty uh epi- funny episodic moment so it was it was really cool that was yeah. some of my faves well
0: and i think we've buried one of the w- w- one of the key points here is and i don't know what you, your experience was i watched this this is probably the seventh time i've watched this movie and i watched it without my kids while i was baking things they were coming in and out and they kept like <laughs> stopping and staring at the tv but anytime i was i was watching this film this movie is hilarious like Uh, hilarious i was dying laughing at certain parts physical comedy uh one of my favorite whole bits in the whole thing is there's this guard who's actually from the first movie the security guard who there's always like one in the first movie it's the dad dresses up as like a woman trying to she's like a housekeeper or something in this one hugh grant dresses up as a nun and every time his description of the of the of this person of this man in woman's costume is like uh, an, an unnecessarily attractive nun. Like it's always, always like that's the most beautiful nun I've ever seen. Uh, it's, it's just hilarious to me. Anyway, all right, let's get to Heidi. What what did you think? Is this your first time having seen Paddington too?
3: So I actually watched it last night by myself and this morning with my kids. And I think my I think probably one of my favorite parts is when he um is confronting the chef in the uh prison <laughs> and the chef is like oh please complain and like everybody's scared of the chef and then he um whacks him on the head with the baguette and he's like i don't need to say anything else about these <laughs> and the chef like ends up saying to him like and do not ever thwack me on the head with a baguette yeah, i like that part
0: Yes. What was your kid's... Meanwhile, in-
3: the guard was, like, calling, send a send a medic, nope, send a priest. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious.
0: So, you watched this with your, uh, you have a six-year-old and a, right, six?
3: Yeah, almost six and okay. almost three. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: What were, what were their impressions of the movie?
3: So, well, Abel's biggest impression was marmalade, but, <laughs> so that's his new favorite word, but... Um, Elena, she was really into it and she really enjoyed like, you know, the characters. She thought it was super funny when he was washing the windows, uh, with his body. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we had a good time watching it and it was easy for her to understand like kind of the the plot line.
0: Good, good. And you had not seen the first Paddington with this was mm-hmm. easy to follow though.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. So if you if you're a parent, and you haven't seen the first Paddington. I think you could just pick this one up. Your kids won't miss anything. Donnie, did you watch this with Melody and Caleb?
1: I did. Um, and they enjoyed it. Like they, I mean, they were they got really into all the characters, like, especially um what was the one that they kept talking about? They they of course, like with the villain, because he like he changes uh appearance, they get right. really into it, like they're like they they won't find him. Like he's <laughs> he's changed again, they're not gonna see him. I'm like, and I, and I just love that, like that, that just lightheartedness of like, they're not looking at who like good by good guy versus bad guy and all that stuff. They're just like, that's really cool. Yeah. And so they, they really enjoyed it. Yeah.
2: I, I, uh, I just wanted to add, and, and we've all kind of said this in a way, this is another movie that like really applies to all ages. I think, like I think your teenagers will be able to get something out of this movie. It's a little bit childish at times, but I I seriously think like this is a movie that everyone is capable of enjoying because it is genuinely funny and it's also really good. So. Oh, I definitely agree.
0: I will say, I think it it depends on who your teenager is. And I think this is one of the charming parts of the movie is it's not cool. And depending on what age your teenager is, they may not find it cool. And so you yeah. may lose them on it. I think maybe teenage girls probably are going to be okay with it most of the time. Uh, Cause they're not quite as obsessed with the cool factor of things, but, and I think this actually goes to the charm of the movie. And one thing I love about it is uh, there is nothing about this movie that is trying to be slick or cool or uh, cynical at all. You know, part of being cool is, being too cool for things, yeah. and this movie is not too cool for anything. In fact, it kind of um, pokes fun at how foolish it is to think you're too cool for things.
1: Yeah, it um, definitely has like a level of like purity to it that is almost yeah. Like, cause it's that idea of like you know when you're when you're watching a movie, you expect something slick or something like mm. a little offhanded, off cuff kind of thing. But like, it's just it just has a pure, lighthearted feeling. So like like you said, there may be moments where they're like, really, you know, yeah. but.
3: It's when they turn movie. when they turn the um the prison uh eating area into his aunt's cafe. <laughs> it's like a yes. little little <laughs> That's French cafe table. It's so cute
0: yes absolutely wonderful so I'm gonna really briefly go through through my thoughts just on the film in general uh obviously I have talked about, I think I've talked about this in three different sermons uh yeah. I have I have talked about Paddington too a lot and so here here's what works for me about this movie all the things we said it's it's funny the characters are great uh I, my wife and I before we had kids went to see the first Paddington in theaters and uh, I didn't know anyone who'd ever seen it but I was obsessed with it. And then when they said they were making a second one, I was like, we got to go see it. And the reason why is one, these are some of the most, just from like a guy who loves filmmaking, these are some of those visually inventive films I've seen. Some of the stuff they do, like in this in this movie, they have a whole sequence where they're doing the prison break thing and it goes into this like multi-layered, like almost dollhouse looking thing uh, as they go through. I love the um, the, I think it's like Jamaican or Bahamian like, Uh, singing group, the troubadours that kind of follow them around in the first movie, they're even a bigger part of it. And it's visually inventive. It's very funny, but, and I don't, we haven't talked a lot about it, but Hugh Grant is in this movie and might be one of Hugh Grant's best performances, just like absolutely hilarious, both like charming, but also completely a villain, like just a dastardly kind of guy. Um, totally obsessed with himself and his past. Like that's funny. The prison stuff is, but most for me is that this is a sweet film and there's just not, even among kids movies, there aren't a lot of sweet movies. Like this is a movie that teaches that kindness is cool. Um, that really the central thing, there's even a song they le- sing at one point, little troubadours that life would be easier. Life would be breezier if you would love your neighbor. And they sing that while he's in prison. Like there's this whole just idea behind it that um, it's not – it's easy to be a light, that if you just would choose to see the best in people, that you would choose to see that that caring about others is what brings uh, light to the world. His whole neighborhood transforms every person on his block is better for him having been there. To me, and I think Sawyer, you know, said it and I, I don't want to get too far into this, but there is certainly like he's a very Christ-like being. I mean, he is just pure-hearted, right? He to me, it resembles all the beatitudes of he's a peacemaker, He's pure in heart, he's merciful. Right. Like he's he's even oppressed for righteousness at one point, you know, like he does the right thing, but people are trying to beat him down for it. Right. The whole idea of this character to me is just such a beautiful thing that if our kids could really like hold on to this character and go, oh, I could be like Paddington, uh, even when life is hard. Um, I think that's just beautiful. So I love Paddington. I think it's wonderful. I think we all are saying, yeah, this is a good one to watch with your kids. Correct.
3: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
0: All right, well, now let's get into the kind of conversations uh, you could have around this movie. And I kind of hinted at some of them there, but I think the biggest one about this is the nature of what it means to be a a light, like what it means to live out the kingdom of God in whatever community you're in. So when Paddington's in his neighborhood, right, we see in that opening sequence, not the very opening one with him and Aunt Lucy on the waterfall, but when we get to him in the neighborhood and we see him like, heading off to do his stuff. And he's helping every person in the neighborhood along the way. And even people who don't really like him, like the kind of reclusive dude, uh, that he ends up cleaning the gutters for, and then kind of matchmaking a romantic relationship. Like he likes him, uh, and then in prison, none of them like him, but he kind of turns them around by just being kind. Um, how how do you think we have conversations about that as we're watching this movie or maybe after the movie with our kids? What what are some examples from the movie we can point to of just Paddington being the light and how kids can do the same? Anybody?
3: One thing that I was um, like, <laughs> it was impactful for me personally. And my daughter's very much like me in this, that like we tend to like, um, have a critical perspective on things and like see the negative more easily than the positive a lot of times and so like when paddington's writing the two letters or or you know he writes one in the beginning and it's like all cheerful and everything you're seeing as he's talking like is exactly that and then you see him in prison and he's like the security here is yes. really good and it's like oh my god he's like he's like yeah you know we're gonna we're gonna the browns won't give up on me like all that and I was like isn't it cool how he has like a positive perspective no matter what his circumstances are and that's something that like for me like well into adult life still um and my daughter I see it a lot like we kind of can get like moved by our circumstances emotionally and it generally will tend to be like more towards the negative, you know? And so like, we'll hone in on the negative things that happen or like, you know, so I just think it's like, um, it, it helps people who are hardwired the way that we are to kind of see like a totally different example of that. Like, no, everything's good. And like, not like fake by any means, but he's just got a positive, he's got a really positive outlook on like life. And that's really, it's really cool to see.
0: Well, and I think to what you were saying there, uh, he sees the best in every person, too. And one of my favorite moments is, and you really get insight. So there's this character played by Brendan Gleeson, who is the um, he's the chef at the time. His name is Knuckles. And he's like this hard. I mean, he is like almost like and this is what I love about the movie is that he is this almost caricature of what a um like a hardened criminal is like, you know, he's got the things written on his knuckles, but like, it's silly. And I think really what the filmmakers are doing here. That's powerful is it's showing how silly it is to be that tough. Like there's a thing for kids. I think like, and I even see some of my kids, certain personality types are like, because they think the world is tough and the world is hard. Then I need to be tough but they're kind of showing this guy looks ridiculous. Look how tough he is and it's not helping him. But then you kind of find out why is like he really looks down on himself because there's that moment where they're making the marmalade and he's like I can't do anything with these hands. And then like just this line from Paddington I wrote it down he said, "Those look like a fine pair of orange squeezers to me." Like that he just sees these big like muscly hands and he's like, "You know, I know you think you can't do like this finesse and gentleness of cooking." But you, man, you're made to squeeze marmalade. Like, he's just seeing the best and helping people see the best in themselves. And just being able to say to our kids, like, hey, you could do that. Like, don't look at the person, even the bully at school, as this evil person. But maybe there's something, maybe there's a reason he's trying to act so tough or she's trying to act so tough. You know, anybody else things that stood out to from the movie about him just trying to be a light and loving his neighbor wherever he is? Well, Donnie, you you were talking earlier about this um, this idea about um, in in the idea about the relationships that he builds along the way, um, and how and we see this in prison, we see this later on, um, early on in the in the neighborhood, but then towards the end of the film, um, I mean, once again, not to get into specifics to spoil it, but obviously it's a happy ending. Paddington's fine uh, he gets in a situation where it looks like he's going to fail, but the relationships he's built actually help him. So Donnie, talk a little bit about how to have that conversation with your kids and explain a little bit from the movie, what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Like, so, um, it's kind of, uh, interesting. Like you think about the idea of it takes a village. Um, and I think that kind of applies here because he, he kind of built the village through these intentional acts of kindness that he did on a day-to-day basis. Like, you know, like you kind of alluded to earlier, it's like, um, Like there was matchmaking that happened. There were people that were a little absent-minded that he reminded them of things. And like, he just did these little things. And because of the things he did, not for what he would get in return, he was able to get a bigger return. It's like those moments where you talk about like someone gives you, like you have a gift and like, or like someone gives you like a certain amount of money or something like that. And you're supposed to invest it. Well, sometimes what happens is like people just hold it to themselves. But Paddington very much is just constantly investing in others, constantly putting time into people and saying, Hey, I care about you. You matter. And like because of that, even when they were in situations where they could have chosen themselves, they ended up choosing him. They chose to, they were like, You know what? I could truly be selfish about this and get what I want out of this situation. But this person who showed me kindness when they didn't have to, they didn't need to it didn't benefit them at all took the time to care about me. You know, like especially what you talked about with like the chef. I mean, it was because when you see that, like that tough exterior, you always think, Oh, well this person's like had a, all these hard life and these different things. But a lot of times it goes back to what Heidi said about perspective. I mean, it's that perspective. The world gives you this rough edge perspective sometimes. And we have, we learn to, Lean into the negative, but Paddington didn't do that. Like he said, you know what? I'm in bad situations, but that doesn't mean that I'm in an infinitely bad situation. I just have to do the next right thing, change my perspective or keep my perspective in the positive light. And things will work out in the way they're intended to. Not necessarily perfect, but they'll go in the direction that will be best.
0: Well, and I think that goes to, you know, as followers of Jesus, there certainly is biblical precedent for that, right? Jesus says these kind of things that almost sound mystical, but I don't think they're mystical where he says, like, the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And one time he says that when he's talking about (coughs) judging, that if you're a very judgmental, cynical person and you treat people in very judgmental ways. And I think sometimes we hear that we're like, God's going to somehow be harsher with me. I think Jesus is talking about a law of the universe. If you're the kind of person who sees the worst in people and you become very critical, Critical and judgmental of other people, it is only natural that all of them will be judgmental and critical towards you. Like you have these characters, the 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 guys in prison at this point, or even the Peter Capaldi character or the Hugh Grant character, who treat the world in a tough, cynical, like you got to be tough or you're going to yeah. get taken advantage of kind of way. Well, that's how everyone else treats them, and it's yeah. almost a self fulfilling prophecy. But then Jesus, another part says that if you give it'll be given to you. And he says, it's a good measure, right? It'll be pressed down and shaken up and given back to you. Like it'll be overflowing. And I think once again, I do think there's a way in which when we're more generous, God tends to always take care of us and bless us and over bless us. And it's not like you said, it's not a one for one. If you give $1, you get a hundred dollars or whatever. It doesn't work that way, but it's a general law. But there's also a way that it works with people. If you're a generous, kind hearted, loving person, not once again, one for one, not every relationship, because the Peter Capaldi character never turns around. He still hates Paddington. But the general uh, feelings that are coming towards him ultimately are if you're a kind-hearted, generous, loving person, that comes back to you. And we see that in these characters who come back to help Paddington at the end of the movie. So I think that's huge.
3: Um, You see, like, too, like, when the family comes to visit him in prison and like the guys who were like threatening his life when he first got there and he was just like messing things up and you know by accident like he never looked at him any different and then you see like the families visiting and there's all these like hardened criminals you know and they're like actually like bakers and like you know uh, just super decent people who in the end like had his back you know and I think Paddington kind of uh, in the way that he didn't, like, make assumptions about anybody, you know? Like, who cares if you have knuckles spelled wrong, tattooed on your <laughs> on your knuckles, you know? Like, he just was like, no, I mean, this is just the way. Like, just assume the best about everybody, and, like, you know, most of the time you'll find it.
0: Well, and I think there's a level um, in this film uh, when you take um, this idea of light – pushes out darkness, right? And we talked about this a little bit on our Klaus episode, um, that it's the nature of light. Light does push out darkness. Um, there is no way, you know, that's kind of even the joke of what Jesus is saying is um, when he says that you no one lights a, a, a candle and then puts a bushel or, you know, something over to cover it. He's saying, and I think this is great. Uh, I remember hearing Dallas Willard say that if it's possible for you to be a Christian and no one know it, then you probably wouldn't want anyone to know it. Like if it's possible that you could live as a Christian in such a way and no one know it, then you're probably not doing it right. And what's I love about this is Paddington is his personality, um, is to be all these king. Once again, no one's talking about Jesus specifically in this film, but he embodies all the kingdom, Jesus like qualities of generosity, uh, love for neighbor, um, all the kind of things, all the signs are pointing there. Um, And it's just part of him when he goes in. Like one of my favorite things is when he gets to prison the first day, he asks someone if they want to start a gardening club, which I think is just hilarious. He's like, want to start a gardening club? And I was like, this is beautiful, right? He's just like, we should brighten this place up some. Like we should just make this, if this is where we're at, like none of us want to be here, right? He's being treated unfairly. And most of us, when we're treated unfairly, we just want to turn in on ourselves. Well, no one else is going to treat me right. So I got to treat me right.
1: Um, yeah, that made me ahead. think of what you were when you are talking about that. I, I immediately made me think of when he enters a room, people are drawn to him. Yes. It's mm-hmm. the same way Jesus draws people draw people to him. It wasn't anything else than that. It's like when Jesus was in the room, people wanted to be as close as they could to him. Yeah. And Paddington had that same level of like he entered the room and people are like, Oh, Paddington's here. Yeah. I, I can't wait to, you know, interact with him. And I'm like, I love that. <laughs> like you said it goes back to that genuine like purity something that uh i was
2: uh, that like what you guys just reminded me of is like that gardening moment like it's a really excellent that moment right there is an excellent metaphor for kind of paddington's whole arc in that he comes into very cold places and adds life and adds like almost warmth to it is the thing um like prison like uh, the Hugh Grant character's life and stuff like that, like the Browns and the—I mean, it, we we aren't talking about the first movie. That's kind of the role he plays in the first movie, um, and so it, that it's a it's a really good, really good moment that I love.
0: So let's talk a little bit about this idea that I think every kid can relate to—not <laughs> going to prison, but <laughs> that every kid can relate to this idea of being treated unfair. Right. Life life feels unfair. Kids start learning that at a pretty early age. Um, and I'll say this kids seem to have an even stronger sense of fairness than adults do. I mean, I don't know if Donnie and Heidi can relate to that, but my kids, that is the thing they notice in every movie is that's not fair. Do y'all mm-hmm. have your kids yeah. the same way?
1: Yep, definitely. Because as soon yeah. as something happens that looks even remotely where someone's not getting what they should get, yeah, they're like they're immediately turning away from the movie to like, tell me they're like, did you see what happened there, dad? That's not right. That's not right. And I'm like that intrinsic, like ability to like, see that even without it being told.
0: So this movie is a great example of kids can relate to that. You know, um, (laughs) my wife and I kind of laugh about it. One of my daughters always, uh, and those who know my impression of her will know who I'm speaking of, but she will always when when something will happen in the movie go ah, and do that first. So she's, ah, she goes. But he's the one who does everything right, and he's going to jail, and she's tricking him. and he like she's that way every time we watch one of these movies. And I think what's important here, and Sawyer and I were talking about this before we started filming, uh, there is a character in the Bible whose whole story is uh, he's treated unfair. Every moment going forward, life is not fair to him. People who should have been fair to him weren't fair to him. But he figures out how to trust God throughout all of it. And I think this is a great parallel, a great opportunity for us to talk about the Bible with our kids. So, Sawyer, you want to you want to talk about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just I remember watching the movie and and thinking it like during the movie it very much reminds me of the character of Joseph Pat, like Paddington's story reminds me of the character of Joseph. If you, if you don't know who Joseph is, uh, he, uh, it's the very first book of the Bible. Uh, I think his story ch- starts in chapter 28. Um, I can't remember exactly where, but, uh, it's in the later half of the book of Genesis. And, uh, basically, uh, he is in a family, a prominent family, uh, a very important family in the context of the Bible, but not for the context of Paddington. So, uh, but basically his whole arc is he starts off in a good place trying to do good and then starts getting persecuted okay so the first thing that happens is he gets beaten up by his brothers then his brothers sell him into slavery then while in slavery he like rises through the ranks as the thing but then gets put into prison because someone accuses him of doing something he didn't do okay but then at like in prison because he's kind to everyone there he gets released and, uh, and, rises to become eventually the second most powerful person in all of Egypt at the time. Okay. Now, all of this is to say, this is not like, like Joseph is not just like out here, like happy go lucky. There's a whole chapter about how he writes down a prayer to God of lament. Okay. And so something that I think Paddington and this, and this Bible story in particular get right. Is that we don't have to pretend about our feelings is the thing because I don't think Paddington throughout the movie is ever like, I'm happy to be in prison. Okay. He's, but what he does do is make the best of his situation. And he, and he brings a sense of the gospel into whatever situation he's going into. And so that's just, that's something that I thought about during the movie. And, and I think it's a really good conversation we can have with kids where it's like, hey, life might not be great, but that doesn't mean that Jesus, has abandoned you in in you could be the thing that brings Jesus into a not so great situation is the thing
0: yeah well, and you, and you see throughout the story of Joseph, certainly, that uh, he is always trying to honor God with his decisions. Yeah. Um, maybe not right at first because, I mean, he is kind of bratty towards his brothers, but he yeah. he grows, right? You know, he, there's a situation with um, the the guy when he's sold into slavery, the man who owns him, his wife uh, tries to seduce him and sleep with him. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that to the, the guy who has been so good to me. That's not honor and then th- that's when he gets arrested he gets thrown into prison and he still is very kind to these people that are there and so i think there are definitely a parallels there and trying to say that even when life treats us unfairly um god has something that he wants us to do um Heidi, you actually mentioned to me uh, something that you noticed from this uh, movie that you wanted to talk about, and it was actually a moment that your daughter asked you to rewind the movie because she wanted to pay more close attention, and it drew something out for you. Uh, Why don't you talk about that for a minute?
3: Yeah, sure. So, um, it's kind of a scene where it like, um, tells the background story of the book that Paddington's trying to get for his aunt's birthday gift. And, um, there's a lot of importance behind it and it's kind of giving like that, what the book is actually for the purpose of it. And, um, <clears throat> my daughter asked me to rewind it. And like, as I was, it had kind of happens pretty quickly and introduces some new characters, um, pretty quickly. And they're very short and not around for long. But what you see is like this family lineage of like all these characters that are, you know, main characters in the movie have these, um, like ancestors, you know, that kind of influence them. And you see how like, you know, one guy, like he's, you know, Hugh Grant's character, he is you know, trying to trick and manipulate and get what he wants and trying to get ahead only thinking about himself. And, you know, his, his great grandfather was the same way. And so like, it was cool because I wouldn't have caught it the first time, but her asking me to rewind it, then I was kind of able to explain to her like how, yeah, you know, Paddington's aunt, like she really had a positive influence on him. And that's how he's kind of got this perspective of like, Look for the good in people and you'll find it. He says that, you know, about her at one point. Well, Aunt Lucy, you know, and and then you see it also in like the different characters like the um, Knuckles. You know, he he had a lot of self-doubt and like a lot of insecurities about himself, which probably like hardened him, you know, and he, it came from his dad and he refers to that. And so I just thought it was cool to see and then to kind of explain to her like a lot of times, like, don't, you know, just make assumptions about people based on like what your experience is, like a lot of times that they don't do better, because they don't know better, you know, like, that's the same with all of us. And so that was a good opportunity. I was glad that she kind of said, wait a second, like, what's happening right here, you know, because it all came pretty fast. But it was cool to, to go back and have that moment with her.
0: Well, and I think it's a good opportunity for us as parents to really, um, uh, see in ourselves what the benefit of a legacy of faith does for kids, um, that just like aunt Lucy taught him to be, cause he always says that over and over again is my aunt Lucy always taught me to see mm-hmm. the best in people or my aunt Lucy always taught me, you know, th- one of my favorite moments, a good hard stare, you know, <laughs> uh, when he just is staring down the guy who was, who was, who was threatening him. And, uh, you know, this whole thing, like, it's this idea that we really as parents get a chance to instill the right kind of values into our kids. Um, and, and I think that's a powerful thing. Um, as we're kind of uh, getting towards the end of our time here, I want to just mention a couple other things that I think are huge. Um, one is, um, this film really talks a lot. And we kind of hit on this of uh, the idea of it being cool to be kind, but in particular about this, there's this idea in the film that really is, um, hits at what Paul at one point talks about in his writings of the foolishness of the cross and the wisdom of the world, um, that it is foolish to live in a, in our world, it is foolish to live in a self-sacrificial, generous kind of way where I, where a last, um, a last is first and first is last kind of way. In fact, there's a, there's an exact moment where, um, Paddington kind of talks about, uh, he lets, he lets knuckles go first into the kitchen and uh, he says, well, that's what manners are. And what knuckles says back to him is goes, well, you were in front and now you're in the back. That makes you a sap. And I think, that is such a way for me to talk to our, my kids because then we get to see how Paddington putting other people first actually benefits him And saying it is going to look foolish in this world for you to be a gentle person, a kind person, a generous person, someone who submits to others and puts other people first. But we know that that's really the wisdom of the cross. Uh, it looks like foolishness to our world, but it really is the victory of God. Uh, it's all that stuff I think is huge. Another thing that I think is important to talk about is humility versus pride, which kind of fits in that same thing. We see this villain of Hugh Grant who is very proud. He's really only – all he does is talk about himself and his past achievements. And there's a part where Jesus says that if you don't humble yourself, you'll be humiliated. Well, the whole joke behind this character is that what he's currently doing is dog food commercials. And one of the best parts of the movie is when when he eats the dog food, he goes, mmm, delicious. And then it comes up and goes, not to be consumed by humans. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, just absolutely one of my favorite parts of the movie. But he's this guy who won't humble himself and admit, you know, where he is in life. And so he's been humiliated. And it's just the nature of things. But Paddington gets elevated because he is willing to humble himself. It's just another great example. The final thing I think that's important for us just really to kind of, this movie gives us an opportunity to do is, as parents, um, one thing, when we talk about these conversations you have with your kids, they may not even be things that you're, you're lecturing on. They may be questions you ask. Often what I say to my kids is, is that the way it should be? Is that the way it's supposed to be? Oh, was that right? Right. You think that – and this is a question I ask most often. Is that how Jesus wants it to be? That's a question all followers of Jesus, no matter what our age, should be asking when we see anything in the world. Is that the way Jesus would want it to be? And I think what this movie gives us an opportunity to talk about is a one thing that clearly Jesus cared about because he mentioned it when he, when he gave his parable of what's commonly referred to as kind of the least of these thing. And he says, when you visit me in prison – Uh, When you visited someone in prison, you visited me. And there is a way that this movie really depicts the way people are treated and looked at when they've been in prison. And it's an important opportunity for me to say to my kids, do you think that's the way Jesus wants us to treat people who are in prison? How do you think Jesus cares about people who are in prison? Do people who are in prison, even though they've done bad things, right? Or maybe they haven't as Paddington hadn't, and he got wrongly accused and put into prison. Not everyone who's in prison is is there because they're supposed to be. And it allows to have this conversation about the complex issues. Now, I don't have to drive a certain agenda about anything. I can just ask the question, is that how Jesus wants us to think about people who are in prison? Uh, Do we want to think of them? Because at one point, um, the Browns are visiting Paddington, and the dad kind of says all these assumptions about the people who kind of people who are in prison, and then you find out his assumptions are all wrong. And it's, should we hold these thoughts? Now, that's a complicated conversation. Uh, But even just for us as followers of Jesus to be able to say, um, following Jesus should affect how we think about all people and about the way our world is structured and set up. Uh, Man, we will raise better followers of Jesus to love their neighbors if our kids just start understanding um, that all people matter to God and that we should we we should care about how all people are treated. Um, I think that's a powerful conversation to have with our kids. Um, all right, so I want to end on a light note uh, because that that was a little heavy. Uh, and Paddington, not a heavy movie, I'll say that. Not a heavy movie. Here's what I end. There's a lot of episodic stuff right at the beginning of the movie uh, where Paddington is trying to do these odd jobs. At one point, he's a window cleaner. At one point, he's cleaning gutters. At one point, he's working at a barbershop, and then eventually he becomes a kitchen chef. Which one of those odd jobs was your favorite? Which one of those sequences just worked the best for you? We're going to start at the top with Heidi. Heidi, which one worked the best for you?
3: Um, So I liked the window washing, and he had like his own unique way of really uh, getting the job done, but it was really cute Like in one scene where the um, guy who forgets his keys all the time, the doctor, he... um, He like is watching him and he's like, you know, like really like, wow, okay, that's how you're going to do that. And then he's like, when he gets done, Paddington looks at him like for approval and he's like, no, yeah, like you did a great job, like thumbs up. And I like how he's just like goes along and does everybody's windows, like whether they want to pay him or not, like he doesn't care. He's just going to do it anyway. And I think that's really cool.
0: Yes, that was that's great. My kids love anything where someone uses their butt to yes. <laughs> uh, to accomplish a task, which he does in this. So, uh, butt jokes always good in the Martin household. Yeah, so, or
3: or butt shaking.
0: <laughs> true. Yeah. True. All right, Sawyer. Favorite odd job.
2: I I hate to to beat a dead horse, but uh, I I actually have to agree with Heidi that because when he like and and again Heidi already talked about it, but like when the guy like. <laughs> looks at him. It's such great physical comedy right there where it's like this really quiet but hilarious interaction that these two have. Like, you have my approval? Because like, here's the thing. We've all had those moments where we accidentally get seen doing something kind of weird if you don't know what's going on. And it's just this super relatable moment that I, like, I remember when I was watching the movie for the first time, I was like, I was like, oh, this is a genuinely funny movie is the thing. Like, because... I, I honestly, I wasn't expecting it to be funny. It's rated G and it like, it's a movie about a talking bear. So I was like, eh, I don't know. But then that scene happened. And- I
0: just want to say it's rated PG. Oh, There's is it some intense, intense and frightening sequences.
2: Oh yes. Terrifying. This is a, this is a intense horror movie guys. <laughs> just want to
0: say, just want to say, but I agree. That's a good one. Donnie, uh, favorite odd job.
1: Uh, definitely the haircutting with um, sequence it's just something about like because when he's doing that he's that apprehension of he's like oh uh oh i'm actually gonna have to cut his hair and like so he gets the the <laughs> clippers and he's like edging over there and as he's doing it all of the like like the like the kind of things you see in like cartoons from the 80s and 90s like bouncing around and then getting caught up in the the fan and then he finally gets over there and he's like zoop And like, he cuts off that piece of hair and that look on his face of like, Terry's like, I can fix this. And his first thought was like, marmalade. Marmalade is the way to fix this. (laughs) If I just use this, it'll fix everything. I'm like, that's awesome. And he's still
3: on the phone with the customer the whole time.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's like, it's almost like his, his version of like duct tape on anything is marmalade. He's like, I'll just, you know. That'll fix everything. Doesn't even matter. Just put that on there.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think what really works about that sequence for people like me, at least, who care about this kind of thing, like, a lot of that is done in camera. Like, there's CG, obviously, Paddington CG, but, like, it's interacting, so, like, it's perfectly timed, like, perfectly blocked, perfectly choreographed to make it work. Like, it's almost like a dance sequence, the way that it works, because he's got to pick up the thing, the cord's wrapping around him, you know, he's (laughs) moving around. It's all, that. that is absolutely perfect. Uh, I agree. I, I think the, the barbershop scene gets it for me. I do like the gutter scene because he has that crank ladder.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where he cranks it up and then he's got to go up and he's got to eat. He comes down with the, uh, the pail of water and then he th- puts the goop on a uh, uh, Peter Capaldi's face. All just absolutely great moments. So, in the end, Paddington 2, great film, great opportunity for us to talk to our uh, our kids about the way of Jesus and loving him even more. Uh, I will say this is our longest episode to date, but you knew I was going to – this is a double-sized issue because of Paddington. Uh, he just deserves it. So, Heidi, thank you for joining us uh, for You're this welcome. conversation. Yeah. And Sawyer, Donnie, thank you guys for being here as well. Uh, and as always, thank you guys for joining in and watching. We hope to see you next time.